والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين ما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واذا سالك عبادي عني فاني قريب صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected most honorable elders beloved brothers and and sisters who may be watching and listening assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu alhamdulillah i'm i'm uh, it gives me great pleasure every week uh, to say that we have more people and we you know who are here for the first time some of them um uh, some of them who saw the building when it didn't look like it does now ahlan wa sahlan welcome to you all we always begin first and foremost by thanking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by glorifying and praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity on the best of days to to congregate to come together for one sole purpose and that purpose is ultimately to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to glorify to praise him to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and to uh, to increase in our levels of taqwa and god consciousness and inshallah we hope to achieve that uh, today marks the first of uh, the month of rabiul awwal uh, this is a, a, a month which is extremely significant in the islamic calendar and it's imperative that we teach this to our children also you know i was uh, the other day i was giving a, a talk to to um, to some of our children in the madrasa and we were teaching them the islamic months uh, and i said to them what year is it they had no idea what day is it uh, they could tell me according to the gregorian calendar what day it was and what year it was and what month it was but not according to the islamic calendar and it's imperative that we teach them and the only way that they're going to learn about the dates and the calendar is if they know or if they can attribute those dates to some to something significant to something special now if i was to ask you about laylatul qadr what would you say laylatul qadr is in the month of ramadan and uh, when does laylatul qadr fall most of you will say well 27th night but it's not on the it doesn't have to be on the 27th right on one of the odd nights in the last 10 nights of ramadan according to the majority opinion of the ulama of the ahl sunnah wal jamaah that is in the odd nights in the last 10 in the month of ramadan so you know that why because you experience that year in and year out uh, you can identify laylatul qadr with this particular date and now what makes laylatul qadr so special what makes laylatul qadr so special allah azza wa jalla tell, tells us in the quran what is it Is, is, yeah, it's, it's better than a thousand, but why? Why is it better than a thousand months of worship? Laylatul Qadr khayrun min alfi shahar. Absolutely. Quran, Shaykh Allah is right. Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. That indeed we have revealed it, that, that, that it is the Quran in the night of power. And then he asks us, وَمَا أَذْرَاكَ مَا Laylatul Qadr? What do you know about Laylatul Qadr? And then he goes on to tell us that Laylatul Qadr is better for you than a thousand months of worship. Right? In it, the ruh descends. In it, the malaika descend. So, the reason why this night is given so much significance and worship within it is better than a thousand months of worship. That's approximately 83 years of worship is because of its connection with the Qur'an. And I ask the question then, what about Sahib al-Qur'an? What about the individual to whom the Qur'an was revealed? 
What about the significance of his arrival? What about him when prior to his arrival, Allah tells us in the Quran, prior to his arrival, you in grave and misguided error. And the Prophet is that individual who brought the light to them. The light of hidayah, the light of guidance, the nur of guidance he brought to those people. What about his arrival? Now, it's imperative that we talk to our uh, children and we, we educate them. Had it not been for the Prophet wasallam, then we wouldn't know what the Quran was. In fact, you know what the Sahaba, I don't say this. Do you know what the Sahaba say? The, the Sahaba say that we know that there is a Rabb that we worship because of the Prophet wasallam. We know because had the Prophet wasallam not took us away from the worship of, of uh, from idolatry, from idol worship, we wouldn't know that we have to worship a one God. This is what the, the, the Aqeedah, this is the Iman of the Sahaba. So it's imperative that when we talk about the Prophet I was talking to some of the brothers before, right? with the remembrance of the Messenger of Allah, the chest expands. By talking about the Prophet وسلم, you follow in his footsteps. When we want to teach our, uh, our children about whom the Prophet, who the Prophet وسلم, was, how he lived his life, how he inspired us, and we want them to grow in their love and their infatuation with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, then it's imperative that we provide them with that information that makes them grow in love, not draw them away from it. So, you know, just like you have your children, you know, you're grateful for the birth of your children. Absolutely. Those of you who are here and have children, mashallah, you will say it yourselves. I'm, you know, it was one of the greatest days of my life, you know, the birth of my child. People attribute, um, you know, greatness and, 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 and peace associated with the birth of their children. This is, you know, for me, one of the greatest ni'mas that I was blessed, blessed with. The greatest of ni'am was, was the birth of my child. Right? It's always great. It was great today, it'll be great tomorrow. This ni'mah was a ni'mah today, it'll be a ni'mah tomorrow. Why is it that when the time of the birth comes, or the date of the birth of your child, and that's when you start celebrating the birth, and, and you think about it, because you associate it with the birth of your, that this ni'mah with the birth of your child. In exactly the same way, when the month of Rabi'ul Awwal comes, automatically, although, the Prophet ﷺ is a mercy. We have not sent you except as a mercy for all of mankind. He was a mercy today, he'll be a mercy tomorrow. But when the month of Rabi'ul Awwal comes, we, we exalt his remembrance further. Just like the Quran says, We raised for you your remembrance. And we remember him more. And we try to, uh, to replicate his sunnah more. We try to educate our children about his sunnah further in this month. And that's the reality of a Muslim's existence. The reality of our existence is that it is wholly incomplete without the attachment and the remembrance of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa As the poet testifies, that with the remembrance of Allah, the chest expands and the hearts begin to yearn for the, for, for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi And how, I ask you, how can our hearts not yearn to meet the Prophet ﷺ, to emulate the Prophet 
Because we have the honor of being Muslims because of him. We have the honor of knowing our religion because of him. He purified our souls from evil, from immorality. How did he do that? By exemplifying his sunnah. Right? By living the life that he lived. You know, if Allah simply wanted to give us the Quran and inform us of a deen, a new religion, Allah could have revealed this book on a mountain. And he could have said, go, somebody collect it from there. Here's the book. Here's the blueprint. Go, you'll be successful as long as you follow whatever's written here. But he didn't. He gave them a walking, talking version of the Quran. So they could understand how to follow the, 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 the Quran. They could understand how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, people talk about, oh, well, you know, we have the Quran. The Quran is enough for us. I say to those individuals, the Quran tells you to pray. How do you pray five daily prayers? The Quran tells you just to pray. Aqimus salah, establish the prayer. How do you know that there's Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, and Isha? How do you know that the many, the amount of raka'at, the amount of units of prayer that you have, how do you know that? How do you know that we, read, we do the takbir? After the takbir, we, we do the sana and then the ta'awwud, the basmala, the fatiha. How do you know this? Because the Prophet sallallahu when the Sahaba, when the Quran told them, Aqimus salah, establish the prayer, they looked towards the Prophet sallallahu for guidance and he said, Sallu kama usalli. Now pray the way you see me praying. Follow me. Because it's that same Quran that tells them, Allah wa Rasul. Obey Allah and obey His Messenger sallallahu Whoever obeys the Messenger has obeyed Allah. The Quran tells us that. So we're not saying anything that is not taken from the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet It's only natural when somebody does a favor upon you that the soul is naturally inclined. The, 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 the ulama will say this, that the soul is predisposed to love that which has done some kindness to it. Like you naturally, if somebody shows you kindness and is, uh, you know, is, is, is good towards you, has shown some favor upon you, naturally you, your human emotion would be to reciprocate. Because you're going to be susceptible, receptive to what they're saying. Because they've, your soul is naturally inclined to love that which has done you some favor. Even in your normal life, when you love somebody else, why do you fall in love with someone? Someone's done some favor upon you. Someone showed you some kindness. You know, you're not going to love somebody who didn't show you kindnesses and has only been harsh towards you. So the Prophet sallallahu it is not in, in any way gharib or ajib that the that our our are our hearts are attached with with him and his remembrance may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exalt his remembrance our, our hearts are connected with him our souls are connected with him and we don't even begin to realize it in fact just like i mentioned in the uh, in my khutbah there's a verse of the quran in this verse of the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states and look at you know, when Allah says something, you know, there's, uh, there's a reason why he uses the words that he uses. Every single word. Because if I want to tell you of something, I want to provide you with some information, I could go about it in 10, 20 different ways. Right? I can use, you know, hundreds of different sentences to get the same message across. 
But the words that Allah Azza wa chooses, there's some significance associated with them. Listen to this verse of the Quran. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Assalamu alaikum. He said, and, and this is the exact translation of this. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ When they ask you, when they ask you, this ka is in reference to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When they ask you, so Allah is talking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam here. Ibadi, who asks you? Ibadi, my servant. When my servants asks you about what? Anni, about me. When my servant asks you, Anni, about me, fa'inni qareeb. Then I am near. You see, the the, every verse of the Quran has a khabr, has a thamra, has something that, a, a, a message that is trying to convey. In this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to convey a message. And the message that he's trying to convey is, inni qareeb, that I am near. So he could have used a variety of different techniques in order to get that message across. Ya ayyuhal nas, inni qareeb, O people, I am near. Ya amanu, O you who believe, inni qareeb, I am near. But that's not what Allah said. He said, وَإِذَا When my servants ask you about me, فَإِنِّي qareeb, then I am near. So what Allah is saying here, in essence, is that only when my servant wants to get closer to me, the only way he can do it is through you, O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If we want to get closer to Allah Azza wa Jal, we have to do so by following in the guidance and the footsteps of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there's a variety of different ways Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala could have done it. So our, um, uh, our connection with Allah is dependent upon our connection with His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not only are we urged to seek Allah Azza wa Jal through Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but, but this is something that you would find, and, and this is evidently clear in the books of Sunnah, um, that even the previous prophets, they sought attachment and connection with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's a famous uh, saying in the Mustadak of Imam Al-Hakim. Uh, in the Mustadak of Imam Al-Hakim, he reports that when Adam Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, he ate from the tree. Right? And he petitioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, for, divine, for, for, for divine forgiveness. This is, this is sahih. There's no doubts with regards to the authenticity of this hadith. Imam al-Hakim, his mustadrak is, is based upon the conditions of Imam, Imam al-Bukhari. That's how he authenticates his, his, his hadith. And he states that uh, when Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, he petitioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. He said, oh my Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me for the sake of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah asked him, how do you know, O oh Adam? How do you know, O oh Muhammad, that I have a prophet whose name is Muhammad? And that's when Adam alayhi salatu wasalam said, oh Allah, when I raised my head towards the, the skies and I saw the arsh, the throne of Allah, I saw written on the, the uppermost part of the throne, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. There is no God except Allah, and Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. So I automatically realize that the individual with who, whose name is that close to your name, because Allah and Muhammad appear in the kalima together, right? That individual has to be your Habib, he has to be your beloved. 
And I ask you, therefore, for the sake of this Muhammad, to, to forgive me. And, and uh, uh, this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, Ya Adam, ghafartu laka wa ajlihi khalaqtuk. He said that, oh Adam, I have forgiven you, and it is for his sake that I created you to begin with. I'm not saying this of myself. This is a hadith, the mustadaq of Imam al-Hakim. Imam al-Bayhiki in Dala'il al-Nubuwa, Imam al-Suyuti in Jami al-Saghir, uh, Imam Zurkani, Imam Qustulani, uh, Hafiz ibn Aim, Hafiz uh, uh, Abu Nu'aim have all authenticated this narration. And it doesn't end there. That, you know the, 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 the connection that we have with the Prophet is not only dependent, that, that connection is not just found in previous Prophets, that connection is found in inanimate objects. Inanimate objects have that connection and that yearning for the Prophet And I ask you and I ask myself, why do we not have the same yearning for the Prophet The yearning to meet him, the yearning to know him, the yearning to emulate him. Why? There's a problem within us if we don't yearn to emulate his sunnah and to act upon his sunnah There's so many, uh, there's, there's, there's one particular narration that I want to mention, and I mentioned this to some of the brothers today after Fajr. It's uh, uh, Imam Abdullah ibn Abdurrahman al-Tamimi al-Darimi al-Samarqandi, who is the teacher of Imam Muslim, Imam Muslim ibn Hijaj, uh, Imam Muslim of the compiler of Sahih Muslim. Uh, Imam Abu Dawood, Imam Muhammad ibn Isa al-Tirmidhi, Imam Ahmad, uh, Imam Abdullah ibn Ahmad ibn Hanbal, and many more. They mention in his in their respective books this narration of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This narration is in uh, it's about a a, a famous jizah. It's a famous tree trunk, and 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 this story has been authenticated by countless scholars of hadith. So much so that you know this hadith has become mutawatir. Mutawatir hadith means it's, it's so strong and it's re related by so many different sources that believing in it is a source of Iman. Leaving in can potentially uh, make you fall into kufr, make you fall into disbelief, dis uh, uh, denying this, this, this event. Now, those of you who have heard of the story of this tree trunk, you will, you will know. There was actually, I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase and I'm not gonna read the ex exact hadith to you, but I'm gonna give you the mafum of it. There was a particular tree trunk that was present in the masjid of the Prophet when it was built. And this trunk, this palm, it's a simple cut off uh, palm tree trunk. The Prophet when he would deliver his, his member, uh, when he would deliver his khutbah, on, he would utilize that as his member. So he would lean up against it. After a short while in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in Medina, when, when the Sahaba had, uh, had, had become, when the, the Muhajireen in Mecca had become established in Medina, they decided to build for the Prophet wasallam a member, right? Where he can ascend to and where he can sit, where he can lean on. And the first Jumu'ah prayer that the Prophet وسلم, he spent on that member, the, the companions of the Prophet وسلم, they, the story goes that the companions could hear a, a crying 
coming from the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu and it was it was so much it was so bad the, the, the sounds were was so full of of deep uh, sadness that the companions say that the people who were sitting at the furthest part of the masjid could hear the cries of 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 of, of something coming from within the vicinity of the masjid and they then realized when the Prophet Sallallahu he got down from the member and he goes towards that tree trunk and it was a trunk, tree trunk that was crying out of its separation from the Prophet Sallallahu In its time of, of despair that it's separated from the Prophet the Prophet Sallallahu he held it, he hugged onto that tree trunk and when he held onto it uh, he, he says, he turned to his companions and when he let go, he said, If I hadn't done this, if I hadn't held on to it and hugged it, it would have continued screeching like this until the day of Qiyamah. Because of its connection with the Prophet wasallam. And, and I ask you the question. My question is this, that if there's a tree trunk that does not hear, that doesn't have any visible signs of life, this cannot see, it doesn't experience human emotion. If that tree trunk yearns for the Prophet in such a potently magnificent way, then how is it possible for the hearts of those believers, us, not to yearn for the Prophet Not to yearn to follow in his and emulate his noble sunnah. There's something wrong if we do not. There is something genuinely wrong. The Sahaba, they held on to every single word that the Prophet said. Every single word. In fact, the, the, it's reported that before the Prophet would make a command, order a command, they were the first to go and fulfill it. The Prophet every single thing that he said, they would sit and, and, and listen. And they would do so in such humility and humbleness that you know the uh, i was uh, i was reading the other day you know the um the ahadith in relation to the physical description of the prophet the physical description of the prophet all the ahadith will find and there's a reason why these companions so vividly described the physical the description of the prophet described his attributes his his physical characteristics because they knew what they were witnessing they knew that they were witnessing the beauty of, of, of Khairu Khalkillah, the best of Allah's creation. And they wanted us to also feel that when we read about him. Those of us who, who unfortunately haven't seen him or will not see him. And among the companions who physically described the Prophet wasallam, who were they? Hind ibn Abi Hala, Ali ibn Abi Talib. These individuals were from the Sigar al Sahaba. They were from the young companions of the Prophet. You know, the Akabir and the elders from among them, the likes of Abu Bakr and Umar, Uthman, uh, Abu Sa'id al Khudri, many, many others. These companions, why did they not describe the Prophet when they spent more time in his presence? Why did they not physically talk about his features? 
and say, you know, this is like the, when the Hindi Ibn Bihari talks about the physical description of the Prophet, how proportionate his nose was in his face, how broad his shoulders were, the lines on his blessed forehead. Right? When they mention each and every hair of the Prophet, why is it that the, the elders, the companions, they didn't mention the, those descriptions of the Prophet? Do you know the reason is? Because they were in awe of the Prophet. When they would sit in front of him, they would bow their heads in, in, in humility and humbleness, and they wouldn't even gaze upon the Prophet and his face. This is how much honor and respect they had for him. These were the same individuals. Never did they say, never did you hear them calling out to the Prophet, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad. No. Because the Quran didn't even say to them, say, Ya Muhammad. Right? The Quran doesn't say, mention the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when, whenever the Quran mentions the Prophet sallam, does so with lofty titles. Ya ayyuhan nabi. O messenger. Ya ayyuhan rasul. O Prophet. In exactly the same way, they would use lofty titles when describing and talking to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the reasons why we talk about this and the reasons why we elevate his remembrance is so that we can feel an attachment to him, we can yearn for him because only when we feel this attachment towards him and when we yearn, when our hearts begin to yearn for him, only then will we truly follow in his sunnah and his footsteps. Only then. You cannot expect someone to follow or emulate someone who doesn't and they don't love them. You know, young children are inspired and want to play football, for example. Right? They want to play football because they've seen somebody else play football and it's inspired them. You can't just give a child a football and say, here, play with it. He doesn't know what to do with it. He has to see somebody else playing football. He has to be inspired by somebody else in order to do that himself. The Prophet ﷺ is that inspiration for us. So in order to teach our children, we first have to be inspired by the Prophet ﷺ. Follow in his noble footsteps, and then we pray that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will uh, will accept our ibadat, our our uh, our worship. Those of you, I can see again some faces, mashallah, um, who are here for the first time. Uh, uh, welcome, uh, Allah accept your attendance uh, here today. Um, do continue to remember us in your du'as. Uh, do continue to remember us uh, uh, in in. Uh, uh, whenever you do continue to support us um, as, as uh, by you coming here is 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 enough for support for us may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your attendance may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to grow in our love and our infatuation for the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and subsequently in following his sunnah salawatullahi wa salamu alayhi um, very quickly just uh, with regards to the daily prayers there are daily prayers taking place here as, as well as the madrasa uh, Fajr is at 6.45, insha'Allah ta'ala. Dhuhr will remain for this week at 2.30. Asr is at 5.15 from today. Maghrib is at 6.31. And Isha, uh, the Jama'ah, will be at 8.15, insha'Allah ta'ala. Uh, those of you who haven't completed your sunnahs, please stand up and complete your sunnah prayers. Wa akhirat ta'wana. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.